Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better on this week's episodes. In the red corner, an undercover agent in Los Angeles must infiltrate a criminal gang of surfers responsible for some daring heists. After being welcomed to the gang, falling in love with a waitress, attending a really weird house party and smashing back some corona, will his bromance with their leader prevent him from doing his duty? From 1991, it's Point Break. On the coast of Southern California, you can only surf for so long before it's time to go to work. Rock and roll! Everybody's free! Anything to catch the perfect wave. I'm not a crook! Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves. And you think I joined the FBI to learn to surf? Point break. Adios, amigo! While in the blue corner... An undercover agent in Los Angeles must infiltrate a criminal gang of street racers responsible for some daring heists. After being welcomed to the gang, falling in love with a waitress, attending a really weird house party and smashing back some corona, will his bromance with their leader prevent him from doing his duty? From 2001, it's The Fast and the Furious. One race, 2G buy it, winner takes all. I don't have any cash, but I do have the peak slip to my car. You brave, you brave. You're in. On the street, where reputations are made. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. In a world beyond the law. Shit! When loyalty is all that matters. You don't know this punk, Dom. Watch your back. You break your heart, I'll break your neck. Would you be willing to risk everything? So what connects these two films and which one does it better? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Potters. Welcome to the show. There's nothing more exhilarating, not even sex. 
I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. How are you both? Oh, Victoria's looking summery. You're looking summery. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. It's just inspired by Point Break. Yeah? Yeah, I've, it's really affected me this week, this film. Has it? Yeah, it really has. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I went to a skate park as well in the week. Wow. Yeah. And then I was like forcing the kids down a ramp, that, which they weren't ready for. But I just got into the vibe of it a bit. Are you a bit old to be hanging out in a skate oh, park? Oh, no, you'd be surprised. Really? Honestly. It's yeah. actually at Crystal Palace, Chris, nice. which you're a big fan of. Yeah. So yeah. skating and that. Okay. I imagine you looked a bit like a female Fred Durst. <laughs> That's my image. I'd say that as a massive compliment. Don't. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Uh, oh, have you recovered from uh, our our first pub uh, visit uh, it did, last week? It took more days than I would like to admit. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I woke up on the uh, following day and thought ah, we should go back into lockdown. <laughs> I was a lot healthier back then. A lot healthier. Yeah, let's talk about that pizza, Alex. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Has no one ever ordered a pizza when they're drunk and then fallen asleep and had their partner have to answer the door and then not want any of the pizza and then looked at the order the following day and gone, who puts pineapple as a topping twice on a pizza? <laughs> I can't believe that the algorithm lets you do it as well. Like, what's wrong with this man? <laughs> yeah, not my finest moment. And how are you, Chris? I'm good. Excellent. So... We are doing Point Break versus The Fast and The Furious. These were Chris's choices. Chris, tell us you're working out. Couple of reasons. Um, we've done four weeks of Oscar movies. Some of them have been quite serious. Some of them have been quite heavy. Mm. So I thought, let's lighten the mood and let's do two films that are all about fun. Plus, you know I love an anniversary. Oh. We've got not one, but two this year. Go on. Uh, Point Break turns 30 and Fast and Furious turns 20. And on top of that, we've got another Fast and Furious coming out really soon. Mm. So I've got a bunch of reasons to re-promote it on the Twitter. So. It's a long trailer, that new F9 trailer. Have you watched it? No, it's no. great. I don't it's need a... to watch the trailers. Oh. I'm, I'm all in. It's, it's a great trailer, if very, very long. And it feels like it gives away at least three major plot points in the film. But nevertheless... I love it. A car swings on a rope. Can I also, sorry, just to add as well, I did look back because I promised I would do this when we were asking for suggestions in January. Mm. A couple of people did suggest this pairing. Okay. Uh, so um, Samuel George suggested it and also Noah Kingston suggested it. He says it. the, the connection is they're the same film. <laughs> and he adds, plus it'll give Chris another chance to shit on poor Keanu Reeves. Cheers. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Do you not remember? You must remember. The, oh, yeah, the popcorn story. The Devil's Advocate episode as well. <gasps> yeah, I do remember that not, now. Not a fan of Keanu in that movie. Uh, right then, what was the clue you gave on last week's show? Oh, it was whack a mole. Whack a mole. And then you followed that up on Twitter with... A picture of a bottle of Corona. So the guessers came surfing in on the web to our Twitter, at ClashPod. We're also on Instagram, at ClashPod. Katie went for The Departed versus Internal Affairs. Good option for the future. Yes, yes. love to do that one. That's oh, a good option. Infernal Affairs. Infernal Affairs. Yes, yeah. Infernal Affairs. That's my mistake. I don't blame you, Katie. I'm covered. I'm covering you. I've got you. I got you back. Ross, uh, going with just the second clue, uh, he based his guess on the picture of Corona. says, Desperado versus Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Not bad. Mm, not a fair fight. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico is close to unwatchable. Peter Mahoney, uh, going with just the second clue, the picture of Corona, <laughs> went with Outbreak versus Contagion. Oh, yes. Oh, right. See yeah. what he's done there. Yeah. We, we were discussing that at one point, but we, uh, it was a pass. It was a pass in the end. It felt a bit too 
close to yeah, reality. Agreed. Uh, but beating out Gary, Gary and Gary to the quickest <laughs> correct answer, it's multiple winner. He took a week off last week. Welcome back, Andrew Logan. Congratulations, you were the fastest guest to go with your prizes to date of a wolf and some peas and carrots. <laughs> for guessing Point Break and the Fast and the Furious, you now get a voucher for an hour of bromance with either Chris or myself. What? Yeah. What? You can't just do this without speaking to me. <laughs> Choose wisely. <laughs> Choose wisely, Andrew Logan. One of us is a hugger. <laughs> Shall we do the connection section? Because there's a lot this week. You've done most of it, I yeah, think, I already. But I think you missed one. Tuna sandwiches. True. Thank you. Tuna sandwiches, yes. Uh, Keanu, Johnny Utah orders them on wheat and... Brian orders them on white bread with no crust, like a baby. A baby, yeah. <laughs> uh, any more, Chris? They're both based on articles. Um, uh, the Point Break producer read uh, uh, a feature in LA Weekly about Los Angeles being the robbery capital of America and started working on a film using that information and Fast and Furious is based on a Vibe feature, yes. which I've read and we will talk about that on Thursday. Yes, we will. Um, fingering the wrong gang initially. That happens in both of them. Johnny Tran gets fingered. Weird. And then Anthony Kiedis and his surf Nazis get fingered as well. Any more? Uh, Neptune's Net. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a restaurant that appears in both films. Because not only did Fast and Furious rip off the plot, this is paying homage, but some would, I would say I feel like it's taking the piss at some point. Oh like We're God. literally going to steal everything about your film and we're going to laugh while we're doing it. <laughs> it's an homage. It's not an homage. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's Neptune's Net. So that's where Johnny and Tyler first meet and then Dom and Brian uh, first meet. There's another connection there. They both have shrimp in Neptune's Net as well. It's a restaurant in Malibu. Uh, Any more? No. I mean, uh, homoeroticism, adrenaline, testosterone. I felt 10% more manly while watching this. Uh, how did it affect you, Alex? My uh, moustache just <laughs> shot across the room. I've told you it's a constant source of irritation. I went street racing to the beach and immediately started surfing. <laughs> uh, the closing shot. Uh, the closing shot. Again, it feels like Fast and the Furious is taking the piss. Uh, is it an homage? Because it's both Johnny and Brian walking to camera, no longer being cops. Mm. But that'll do us. So on Thursday, I'll drive angry as I talk the Fast and the Furious. But today, Vicky's waxing down her board. She can't wait for June with Point Break. V, take us on a journey. Keanu Reeves is Johnny Utah, a college footballer turned FBI agent. I can't believe you didn't do that. Investigating Patrick Swayze's Zen surfer dude Baldy over a series of bank robberies. What ensues is one summer Utah will never forget because he's met Patrick Swayze in the summertime and that's just what always happens. Bodhi cultures Utah in the meditative and anti-consumerist lifestyle you can achieve if you traumatise innocent people in violent bank robberies. <laughs> <laughs> Utah falls head over heels into surfing. Utah is rumbled when he casually leaves his FBI agent badge <laughs> lying around. And after an exhilarating shag, I mean skydive, with Bodhi's gang, his loyalties are torn. One last bank job goes wrong, Bodhi escapes, Keanu goes off to film Bill and Ted before being reunited with Bodhi, allowing him what he always wanted, the ultimate ride, surf ride. Is it raining? I hadn't noticed. The end. <laughs> yeah, I love this film. Very good. Very good. <laughs> so I say I love this film, but I've only seen it once, which is mental because it's exactly my sort of thing. Tell me yours. Uh, first of all, why is it exactly your sort of thing? And then I'll tell you mine. Just the um, <laughs> the, the cast, uh -huh. the setting, as in mid-90s 
crazy, high concept thriller sort of thing. So yeah, that. And then just trying to like shoehorn in um, a deeper message. But because I watched it when I was young, it totally worked. So then that becomes my sort of thing. And Patrick Swayze. And Patrick Swayze. And yeah. Patrick Swayze. Chris? Yeah, I, I watched it at the time. And I remember not being sure the first few minutes if it was a spoof or not. <laughs> I can remember laughing out loud at him saying what his name is when he says he's Johnny Utah. That is just funny. Yes, it is. And then obviously when John C. McGinley starts talking about him being young, dumb, full of whatever, um, I just couldn't <laughs> figure out what this actually was. And so, and um, sorry, Nathan, sorry, Noah Kingston. I, I don't think it's Keanu's finest hour okay. acting wise. I think physically he's amazing in the film and I like him in the film, but he's not, he doesn't really convince me as an FBI agent undercover. Um, so, but I always love the action in it. So it's something I've sort of come back to every few years. If it's on the telly, I'll watch it because it's so entertaining. So I've only seen it once as well. And I was about 14. And I, the reason I want to go last is because it's a bit of a meh answer. Mm. I, I didn't mind it, but I certainly do not have the love for this movie that a lot of people seem to. And on the rewatch, we'll get into that. But, sure. uh, but yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Good, good teaser. Okay, so let's talk about the background. There's loads to say, but there's just so many articles um, about like its legacy. You know, it didn't do really well at the time, but it's much loved now. And what are the reasons behind that? Uh, but I'll just talk you through like how it was made. Um, so in the 80s, as Chris has said, Rick King, who was a director, but also becomes the eventual producer of Point Break, reads an article about LA being the epicentre of bank robberies. And then he was learning to surf and he thought, hey, surfers who rob banks and an FBI agent that's a good athlete. And it made a lot of sense and everything flowed from that. It wasn't that original an idea. There's only like 10 ideas, which is fair enough. Um, so then he hires uh, Peter Eilif. Now, he gave him a reported $6,000 to work on the script. So Rick King gets a story credit. Eilif gets writing credit. Ridley Scott was going to direct it. They got as far as pre-production. And then King said, Rick King, he spent as much, he being Ridley Scott, he spent as much in pre-production as I spend on a film and then decided not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay. Um, and then it languished for I a love, few years. I love Ridley Scott. That's exactly the sort of, yeah. no, I don't but to get this anymore. Just, it must be so gutting as well. Like you get as far as pre-production, then he's like, nah, it's just <laughs> cruel. But at the same time, if he didn't feel like he could make a good movie, good to walk away. The worst thing you want is someone whose heart's not in it going, all right, I've said I'll do it. I've spent a lot of yeah. money, so I'll stick with it. So many opportunities. Some, some say you should have done that to Prometheus, but <laughs> hey-ho. Uh, wrong. Prometheus is a fantastic film. Now, I couldn't find out the the way around. There's so many conflicting reports. It kind of doesn't matter, but I'll, the, I'll, I'll take this from Rick King's interview. He said the script found its way to James Cameron and Catherine Bigelow. And they were a couple at the time. She was a rising star, and then she becomes attached to direct. So she said, uh, thrill-seeking adrenaline addicts have always fascinated me. The idea seems to be that it's not until you risk your humanness that you feel most human. Not until you risk all awareness do you gain awareness. True? I felt a connection to that because, like I said to you the other week, I went to the dentist. Mm -hmm. And that, for me, is the scariest thing in the world. I've never felt more alive. I went, uh, I went sledging when it snowed. Did you? I felt, uh, I felt like I had no awareness of what was going to happen. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it was, uh, I sort of lived my life... Uh, about a quarter of a metre at a time. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing behind you matters. It was great. In fact, I'm actually working on a, uh, a script uh, about an undercover cop who infiltrates a gang of sledgers and uh, they're responsible for some sledging robberies. I'll tell you what, don't take the piss because if they're nine years old and it's a Christmas film, we can sell that. All right. Yep. Let's head in that bit I'm, out. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great idea. I'm, I'm writing a script about an undercover cop who infiltrates a gang of podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I did find one. I mean, this, so loads has been written about Catherine Bigelow as the director of this. Um, some bonkers things at the time about her. Oh, I mean, it's just so insulting about her overcompensating for her gender by sticking in quite a lot of violence. Um, Rick King said... Bigelow is obviously a really good director, but not that strong with character. So that could have been a little better. And I thought the surfing sequences were not that good. So like, what has he left her? Like, fucking rude. And also, uh, if you look at her two previous films, Near Dark and Blue Steel, both really good with character. So I don't think he's right there. And in obviously the, she's, gone off to, she's gone on to bigger and better things. She's done fine, yeah. yeah. But he did, did also say in that same interview, a few years after the release, he got about $40,000 a year in residuals. So she gave him that. Um, so, you know, suck it up. Um, let's talk casting. So for Johnny Utah, I read and chip in if you heard more, but in the frame, Johnny Depp, Val Kilmer, even Patrick Swayze, Matthew Broderick, and then Charlie Sheen was mentioned, but I couldn't figure out if that was for Johnny Utah or for Baldy, but either way, great. Um, but Catherine Bigler really wanted Keanu Reeves and James Cameron said she went to the mat for him. So she, apparently she worked on his wardrobe. She showed him how to walk. She made him work out. She was like a coach. And James Cameron said he should send her a bottle of champagne every year to thank her. Yeah. So try and say FBI quicker. Oh. FBI. <laughs> I thought you were talking to Quick, me. Quicker, I was like, I'm making a joke. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and then that's kind of all I want to say. Apart from, I mean, I think it's well known, like uh, Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, Laurie Petty weren't natural surfers. And so they had to learn to surf. So they had coaching from an actor surfer called Dennis Jarvis. Um, they would report to his house at the crack of dawn and try to absorb the soulful lifestyle of a surfer. Uh, he said Laurie Petty had never even been in the sea before. It blows my mind that Keanu Reeves couldn't surf. He's called Keanu, which apparently means cool breeze across the mountains. He looks like that. He talks like that. How can this man not be a surfer? Yeah. Uh, he is now, though. Apparently, he took it up as a hobby after this movie. Yeah. It's, it's addictive. He probably met someone like you on set going, how are you not a surfer? Have either of you ever tried it? I haven't, obviously. I, I, uh, a girl taught me to surf in L.A. Really? I was seeing, yeah, yeah. So I, I lived this life a little bit. And then you robbed a bank. <laughs> how, uh, how good were you by the end? I only did um, one day of surfing and I got up once on the board which I was really happy with that's and amazing it was so hard and I can totally see I, if I lived near a warm ocean I think I would try and do it in the mornings because I could. I got it you know mm. see what it was yeah. I've done one day of surfing off uh, Jersey uh, oh how did you get on uh, I did it for a day I stood up once and I absolutely hated it and would never do it again because sharks there are sharks actually in the channel, blue sharks, and so I could never fully relax. A blue shark isn't going to bother you, though. See, blue so, sharks have attacked humans. So your story about never getting in the sea after George, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. now you're frigging surfing around sharks. Yeah, untrue. You'll do anything for money. <laughs> was it for a prom or for something? I'll get in the sea, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> no, I was about, I think this was, I think this was me dipping my uh, toe back in the ocean, thank you. Uh, <laughs> it was about, I was about 15, 16, so mm. I was still at school. It was a school trip. I've never tried it. I'm very admiring of it. I know it looks rock hard. I didn't really realise how dangerous it is until I was doing research for this. Because you, you look, obviously they make it look so easy. Patrick's always like broke his sternum doing it. like And and when they're talking about, oh, you can die, it's like, you can't, you're falling off into some water. But yeah, I see now that you could die. Yes, you could Didn't definitely die. Joseph Fiennes really injure himself surfing in Australia I think I don't know if it was on the set of a movie but uh, I think he got into trouble because he took a chunk out of his face Ooh. on some coral oh god because uh, that's the real danger is when you get hit by a wave and it's whether you hit the bottom of the sea uh, with the power of the wave and it just throws you into rocks and razor sharp rocks razor sharp rocks and coral yeah man so that's as much as I've got 
any more for any more? Okay. All good. Let's talk about the film then. So it's Keanu's first day. He's Johnny Utah. He's a good shot. Remember that because it comes back later. He looks beautiful in the rain. (laughs) I mean, when he turns (laughs) the camera. When he flicks his hair. And I do do like the way their names cross over on screen. Because they become one. But also that will be completely contractual where they, you know. No, that's that's why that happens often is because they've both got, they've both agreed the same billing. They'll cross over. So they're both first and second. Yeah, you'll see that on posters sometimes where they're, well, you'd say Patrick Swayze was the biggest star at this point because yeah. he was coming off the back of two slash three really huge movies. But, you know, Reeves was on his, on the ascendancy. So, yeah, it's actually fascinating when you look at movie posters sometimes because one name will be higher up, but in a smaller font and exactly. one name will be lower down, but in yeah. a bigger font. Yeah. And that's how they work yeah. it out that it's equal. They'd always have to try because obviously Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin ended up hating each other, but they made. I don't know, 15 films together. And they'd always have to cut with new ways so that one wasn't ahead of the other on the poster. Yeah, creating a lot of work for someone. That's good, isn't it? Keeping the economy afloat. (laughs) Pun. There's loads of them coming up. Strap in, as you would say. So anyway, um, but he knows nothing about being an FBI agent because he's a blue flame special. What is that? Fuck knows. Okay. I don't know. I'm really hoping one of you would come and tell me what a blue flame special is. Because he's called a blue flamer as well. Yeah, so it's obviously a thing. I just just made me think of Gasp. I was like, I don't think it's that. I mean, this is your movie. Google, right? Yeah, no, I should have done, but I didn't. Um, So he's he's got a boss, Harp, John C. McGinley. And just how much cocaine did he take fuck before me, shooting he's, his he's scenes? He's incredible. So I love this. I've like got a bit of the dialogue here. You may have been in the two, the top two percent of your class at Quantico, but out here you have exactly zero hours of experience in the field. You know nothing. In fact, less than nothing. If you knew, you knew nothing. That'd be something, but you don't <laughs> love it. And I love the idea of like you're sitting down to write, and you're like subtext, subtext, subtext. What what is he trying to say, and how will I bury that within text? Nah, fuck it. He can just say, you know nothing. <laughs> I love He's it. great. No one shouts like John C. McGinley. I yep. love him. And that's what I remember most from this film is the, is the stunts and someone says, young, dumb and full of cum. Yeah. I can't believe that's in a film. I can't. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> it is it really is. gross. Um, so Utah is paired with Gary Buse's Pappas, <laughs> who I love in this film. Mm. My favourite bit of dialogue in this is like, I've fired my piece over 19 times. And you think, that's 20 times? <laughs> <laughs> yep. There's no whole Classic Pappas. Classic. <laughs> it's great because I've only, I, you always seem to see Gary Busey as a bad guy and here he's not. And it's great seeing him play a good guy. Yeah, he's really good. He's like enjoying himself. He seems yeah. to be enjoying himself, yes. doesn't he? In this movie. It's got quite a fatherly role. It's it's nice. Um, Rick King said about when the script went through development, the Gary Busey character was supposed to be Greek. It's like we kind of get that. Yeah. <laughs> but he said there was all this stuff about his cooking. He said, "I wish that I'd been played through a little more." But it's hard to sell Gary Busey as a Greek. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't like his name. I don't like Papas. Really? Yeah. It just reminds me every time I hear it. It reminds me of the Naked Gun. Mr. Papschmir. And I couldn't get that out of my head every time I heard someone Wasn't go, he in Nirvana? Papas. <laughs> Who's in Nirvana? Pat Smear. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know that. Anyway, <sighs> back to this film. So we're more or less straight into a robbery, the ex-presidents. And the robbery itself is brilliant and very well directed. So it's very quick. It's really energetic. It's really swift. And no one gets hurt. And then they disappear to quote Pappas, oh God. like a virgin on prom night. <laughs> and I don't know what that means. It's fucking awesome, but I don't know what, you it know what it means. Of course you know what it means. Your virginity might disappear, but does the virgin disappear? Well, she's no longer a virgin, so the virgin she was has vanished. Oh, yeah, I said that's, that's the no. I know it doesn't really work, and it makes you go, 
What, what? Have, what have you done, Papas? <laughs> that's what I, that's, the line for me is like, oh, yeah. you've killed again. <laughs> With number number twenty was that virgin <laughs> yeah. who you wrongly oh, shot. I've murdered someone over nineteen times. It's brilliant. Um, so anyway, I'm yeah, I'm going to be quite meandering because it's hard to focus because of the the joy that this film has brought to me this week. But Papas sort of explains to Utah that these robberies, he's got this theory that people take the piss out of him for, that it's surfers, right? And then they're standing on the freeway and they are screaming at each other. And everyone is so angry in this film in the first 20 minutes. It's it's actually, I find, I find it quite hard work because it's exhausting. Why are you all so upset? Well, because the undercurrent pun of sexual tension that fills this film is Unreal, like Pappas and Ke- and Utah yelling at each other on the freeway. It's are you mad? Kiss me. That's all it is. <laughs> oh, I, I feel much more there. It's like a father son thing going on there, though. Yeah, initially, an angry dad and an angry spoilt sort of teenage son. Is this is the way they're shouting at each other. Yeah. And also, you know, you're saying that people are laughing at him for his theory, but it's to do with tan lines and wax. It's quite a, it's not a very you good theory. Like it. It's obviously true, but it's not a very good theory, really. <laughs> so Utah's like buying it surfers and he's going to learn to surf and he's kind of like, how hard can it be? It's really hard because he has to get rescued by a girl. Um, Wait, are, you, are you trying to tell me the FBI is going to pay him to learn how to surf? I mean, come on. What's not to love? <laughs> But also, like, just to sort of sidebar, who else could deliver that line? Like, isn't there a perfect chemistry working in this film where that line is ridiculous and the way Keanu Reeves says it is quite ridiculous, but so the two together, like, cancel out the ridiculousness and you're like, yeah, great, perfect (laughs) film. (laughs) Uh, Maybe. Um, Now... This is this is an interesting moment because this is to me this is Utah being a bit of a bad guy because he tricks Tyler Laurie Petty's Tyler into helping him learn to serve by lying about also having dead parents yeah. which she's got and that is law like so yeah I kind of agree with you hmm. but it, when it comes back it's quite powerful because when she's like did you lie about having dead parents as well and anything less than that you could sort of have him weasel his way round in that situation, but yeah. that is such a big lie. I think it needs to be that big, but it does make him quite a callous person. But at that point, he's got no feelings for her. He just wants some shrimp and some info. He no, does. he has been watching her change through binoculars. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Put that. Put the bit. binoculars down. You don't need to watch her doing Don't's this bit, watching. Johnny. You know where she's going. I think as well, it's but she isn't a criminal at this point. Like, there's no connection. She surfs and yeah. the criminals are surfing. Yeah, she's never a criminal. No. no. So he's telling her a really egregious lie, but based on that she's connected to surfing, it's really manipulative. Well, manipul- I feel like and- it could have been something different. I think that lie was too extreme. And she could still have been upset at the end when she finds out the truth. But I just feel like that. I, I just thought that was too bad. Yeah. I think... It's made worse by they're giving her fact sheets in the office about her and they're like, she's done this, she's got this, maybe a speeding ticket, her parents died. That's the one. It's the way, yeah, it's the way where he goes, I can use that. And I'll be honest, I know we're at the start, you know, this is an early time for computers and you look at the page, it's very basic. I don't think they'd have information about her parents on her rap sheet. No. Mm. It's not Google. That's I guess. Um, yeah, unless she brought the plane down that did it. Yeah. Like, yeah, then they'd know about that. Yeah. Um, Sue. She was speeding to their funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But the point being, and we'll come back to this point, but Tyler, and this is what's so great about the script and the sort of nerve to do it, is there to serve a purpose, multiple purposes, meta purpose, which is sell this film to a mainstream audience 
but also a purpose within the film, which is he need, Utah and Baldy need to be introduced mm. via her. So they are introduced, and very soon they are tumbling in the surf, and it is gorgeous. Um, are you talking about Bodhi Sattva? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> I lose it when they say that. It's great. <laughs> I don't, well, I'll tell you what, I'll talk to it when we get to the scene. Bodhi, just... Bodhi means wakefulness, by the way. What's his full name? I couldn't work it out and I didn't realize. She says it. they call him Bodhisattva. And I looked up Bodhisattva. It's a term in the Buddhist religion meaning an enlightened being who, out of compassion, forgoes nirvana in order to save others. I mean, he's a really great character in this, but we all know that if you actually met him in real life, you'd be like, what a twat. Oh, that's the thing. That's what I do know people like that. I have met people like that in my life and they are unbearable. Yeah, when we were at uni, there were like, oh, yeah. There were loads of people like that. Remember that guy called Alex? Not yeah. me. <laughs> Not me. The other was guy. He, was he a modern savage? A real searcher? Searching for the ultimate ride. And it's the fact that they would say that out loud yeah. and not find any issue with that. I'm a modern savage. And you're like, and then they're like Come get, get out me. of my room. <laughs> yeah. You're a white guy. Why have you got dreads? Yeah. There, there was so much of that. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking goldsmiths. <laughs> <laughs> Just because they didn't give you your degree. Yeah. Well, it's uh, an honorary degree is all I'm after, goldsmiths. <laughs> In the perspective. <laughs> and less white guys with dreads. Yeah. Uh, so using hair samples, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, Utah tracks down who he thinks the robbers are to a certain beach and now I've got a question mark here I've seen this twice he has a massive fight with a surf surf Nazi death squad yeah, yeah. now what can is... we because this was the big thing at school people used to talk about the surf Nazis and say it a lot because it's such a great <laughs> phrase the, you, the bit with uh, Anthony Kiedis he's a surf Nazi is he saying, is Bodie saying that they're surf Nazis, as in when they're surfing, they're just like a bit Nazi about it, and like, get off my wave, as what happens to Keanu? Or are they actually Nazis? Yeah, well, I think they're actual Nazis. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. They're, I mean, they are definitely a death squad. Because <laughs> when you see the amount of artillery they've got mm. in their house, they, and they're happy to kill people. I mean, on paper, if someone goes, yeah, they're surf Nazis, and I'm like, well, do, what do you mean there? And they're like, they also call themselves a death squad. You're like, right, so they are actual Nazis. You can't have Nazi and death squad in the same, mm. like, 10 yeah. minutes One of film. One strengthens the other, yeah, yeah, as a compound. But yeah. the good thing about that is that we, one of them is called War Child, Meaning Johnny Utah isn't the most stupid name in the movie. <laughs> oh, 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 wait. I went through the IMDb list just to find out what the rest of the gang were called. <laughs> there's a grommet. <laughs> there's, uh, there, there's, uh, there's Bunker, yeah. War Child, Anthony Kiedis' Tone. I scrolled further and I don't even know who these characters are in the movie. These are other characters. Fiberglass, <laughs> Freight Train, <laughs> Surf Rat, Psycho Stick, and my favourite... Passion for slashing. Oh, man, that would have been a good quiz this week. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, Baldy rescues... Well, he doesn't... Yeah, Utah has a big fight. Baldy kind of breaks it up, but they see something in each other. I mean, Utah already sees what he needs to see in Baldy because he's, like, tracking him, but... Bodhi says to you, like, you didn't, what is it, like, you didn't even flinch or something, and that's very rare in this world, <laughs> whatever, uh, which is fine. Um, but this part of the film is, like, Utah learning the ways. So Bodhi's got this excellent house party. The reason I thought it was excellent is because I'm so admiring of people at house parties that say, like, he's like, hey, brah, like, what's mine is yours, which is a really clever way of saying, I am not going to get you a drink. You get yourself a drink. But yeah. in the circumstance you're talking about, he says, what's mine is yours, about Tyler. He's, yeah, he does, yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. believe you're like, it's fine. I thought of all the things that he says in this movie, you might have a bit of a problem with that. But no, it's it's Patrick Swayze. He can give away Tyler as a gift. Yeah, it's mad, to isn't Johnny it? Utah. Yeah. And she's yeah, she's kind of into that. Yeah, that's so bad. I don't see it because it's him. I don't like that house party. Uh, I, it's quite intense. And it, yeah, I'd say it's better than the house party in Fast and Furious. 
Yes, because they both is. have the same scene, and the Fast and the Furious looks very boring. Whereas this one, at least there's there's shit yeah. going down. In the Fast and the Furious, someone's drinking a Schnapple, so that makes it boring. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's Brian O'Connor being a good guy and not drinking beer. Apparently, that makes you good, idiot. <laughs> but in this, it's the bit. So is it a, is it a point of view shot of Keanu when all those people are looking down the lens of the camera, breaking the fourth wall? Are we supposed to be Johnny Utah at that point yeah. when he's walking through the party? Yeah. I just find it very yeah. disconcerting because I feel like they're looking at me and I feel like I've been in that party where people are like, who are you? I'm dancing in front of you. I'm like, get away from me. Where's the bar? And <laughs> I didn't like that. Okay. This is what I mean about the film getting to me because those bros and they're like, I'm going to die before I'm 30. And it's like you find yourself, lose yourself to find yourself and all of that. At a certain age, which is the age when I watch this film, you're like, whoa, oh my God, the lights have turned on for me, man. Like I see it. And when he's talking about oh, the people on the freeway in their metal coffee cars and they're just, you know, <laughs> they're just going to work and doing their job. And it is a responsible thing to do to grow up and kind of understand a middle way with life. That's fine. But there is always a part of my brain that's like, oh man, it would be good though, wouldn't it, to fuck it all off and just, <laughs> just go surfing. It's so weird because I, when I did, I did really want to be a surfer at one point. I bought one copy of a surf magazine and <laughs> just read it cover to cover all the time and it all looked like that party kind of, you know, I was like 14 at the time. I was like, this looks really cool. This is great. And then I said to my mum, you know what? I'm just going to surf. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to really get a job or anything. And she was like, okay, but how many cool 60-year-old surfers yeah. can you think of? I'm like, oh, wise. Yeah, that's wise very wise. words, mother. And it's like, yeah, I kind of got that at the time. I mean, I still didn't get a real job at the end, but it was interesting. <laughs> it's the kind of thing that wears thin in, in an older person. What? Yeah. What? Aren't sixty-year-old surfers cool? Uh, I think rich guys who've made a lot of money in investment banking who then take right. up surfing. I don't think the people who never do anything and just live on a beach. I think they're like in what's uh, Surfer Dude, <laughs> the Matthew yeah. McConaughey movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know the Scott Glenn Fuck character in that. He lives in a shack, I think, <laughs> on the beach, and you're like, oh, it's not sort of cool. It looks like it smells and has no plumbing. <laughs> Um, Which is fine for a while. Also, yeah, but when you sort of, that's all right, 60, fine. When you crack it on 85 and you're like, I just wish my toilet flushed. Yeah. I, you know, I can't scoop out my own feces. I've got literally no savings, yeah. <laughs> uh, that bit where Bodhi's going on about cars as metal coffins, it's like, oh, what, what is, what's that metaphor? Yeah. Uh, do, is it because people die in car crashes? Are you anti-car? What <laughs> do you mean? No, well, yeah, you're saying that you're just you're just commuting every day in your car, and that's it. It's like it, you you're on tram lines. Yeah, yeah. You, you can never move outside it's of a, these it's a very death warrant. Just, yeah. just sitting in that car every day. And when you've been at a party with boys like that at 15 and been like, "Whoa, that's amazing," <laughs> but then you realise they're get saying to Goldsmiths. It. Then you get to you Goldsmiths. Go, go, God, I dare you. Call a car a metal coffin again. <laughs> I fucking dare you. Yeah. If I was yeah. at this party, I think the moment these guys would lose me is is the moment. Uh, the guy lights a fire by putting his knife in a gas can, They're pouring so it all over his hand, yeah. pouring it over the fire, and then putting his foot in the fire. It's fucking sketchy. Why isn't he on fire? Yeah. <laughs> they come with a nozzle as well. I was like, when he stabbed it, I was like, what are you doing? Like, who are you trying to prove he that you're a badass? He should be up in flames. They're setting up Rosie's death. That's Rosie who does that. It's Rosie, yeah. And later uh, on, yeah. Johnny Utah, when he meets Patrick Swayze at the end, he goes, uh, I found the remains of Rosie. Looks like he got in a knife fight with someone better than him or something. So they're setting okay. up that Rosie fucking loves a knife and will stab at things. Fair enough. I didn't, yeah, I didn't clock that. Arc. Uh, let's have a break, which is in itself a pun. Hooray! <laughs> 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The 50-year storm is set up during this party. Just a little bit of plot there. That's That will become important later. But character-wise, um, the important point is that Utah is like falling into this lifestyle and is like fully into it. Uh, meanwhile, the death squad is being raided. And as Tom Sizemore so eloquently affirms, they're not the guys. So Tom Sizemore is in it for seconds mm. and he's just he lights it up. Mm. It's just unreal how good he is. Play, said, playing himself. Yeah. We said great. Great act, Tom Sizemore. Mm. Um, yeah, what are the what are, what are the requirements to be in this death squad? Is it uh, you have to have one of the worst haircuts ever seen on a human? Because <laughs> or Anthony Kiedis's hair is atrocious, mm. and I say that knowing full well that was probably his hair at the time. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's rock and roll. I was just admiring his Reebok pumps. <laughs> yeah. I used to have a pair of them and I thought they were the coolest thing in the world and I look back and think what the hell what did the pump actually do did it do anything it didn't do anything I mean it, it made the foot the, the shoe tighter around your foot but it was just that they've said now yeah it was a, it was a marketing ploy it was a it was there was nothing to it but it convinced the world that you needed this in yeah it made you cool in the playground I actually reckon compared to the party that Patrick Swayze's hosting 
whatever party those surf Nazis were having was probably a lot more fun. <laughs> well, Anthony Kiedis lying on his bed listening to his headphones and having a fit. This is the day <laughs> after the night before. This is what well, that's did the party happen the night before? We don't see the party, but you know from the sort of recovery phase. Yeah, I'm a fan of the I'm a fan of the woman in the shower. Yeah, me too. Never that's the famous saying, never turn your back on a woman in the shower. What, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> I'm paraphrasing fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Okay. Never turn your back on a drug. Uh, okay. Never turn your back on a woman in a shower. Okay. okay. And she's proved in this scene. Absolutely. She kicks the shit out of them. She does. <laughs> so when she was like, ah, ah, is that an act? Because she recovers from being in terror very quickly to grab a knife and get stabby. Yeah, she gets her shit together. Mm. I, but I think there's a lot of meth in that house, isn't there? So I wonder if she's she's also got some meth in her. Meth strength. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Hulk smash. <laughs> meth strength. Um, so the next robbery, Utah and Papa's miss because just, of I've, I've just, I don't know why I feel they need to be responsible. Kids, meth doesn't give you superhuman strength um. <laughs> for very long. All right, it does. <laughs> there are downsides. <laughs> Um, so this is the fit. I mean, I think it's a famous scene, but the, I just can't come up with how good it is. Get me two. <laughs> I, I didn't know this was as famous as it is. Obviously, researched it this week. This didn't make any impression on me at the time. It, it is strange watching it back. Yeah. So as you, he's ordering a meatball sandwich. Yep. He asks for two meatball sandwiches, and he asks for two meatball sandwiches three times. Yes. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is funny, but I didn't, I didn't. Did this have any effect on you when you were fifteen? I just thought, no, I don't remember Boosie, this. Boosie's going to Boosie. This but... was a first watch uh, for me. This scene in memory terms, and no, it didn't have a massive effect on me. But it is funny. It's it funny. Great. It's great. And damn, if I, I, I wanted one of those meatball subs, and that's me as a vegetarian. I'm like, oh, they look good. They do look good. They look good. Um, we missed a tiny little Easter egg. I don't know whether you were going to go back to do mm. it when. Johnny Utah has been watching uh, Patrick Swayze or, or or maybe Papas has, but they say that they were following Bodie and he went for lunch at Patrick's Roadhouse. Yep. Oh, I yep. missed that. Yep. And if you're a fan of Patrick's Roadhouse, maybe listen to the episode that we paired it with the toughest man in the world starring <laughs> Mr. T. Oh, God, I forgot that's what we paired it with. Which weirdly seems to be the the, the episode that we get most mentions of over on, on, on Twitter. People saying, oh, I've listened from the start and that one's actually really good. No, it's not. <laughs> um, so because they missed the robbery, we've got a foot chase. Yes, yeah, so Johnny Utah is the hero of this film. He is really exceptionally bad at his job. Yes. I, I, I mean, agree. it just blows my mind how many things he gets wrong in this film and how much he does wrong. And this is the worst example what, of the, the robbery. It's like something out of the naked gun yeah. with the robbery happening behind his back <laughs> while he's ordering his tuna. It is mad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. It works, though. I don't know why. Um, so they did. The, so the foot chase is interesting fact fans uh, because it was filmed on a specially made rig dubbed the Pogo Cam. Uh, for anyone that's interested in how you film a foot chase. But I did also read that, so Bodie's wearing his um, Ronald Reagan mask the whole time, but apparently that's because Patrick Swayze was promoting Ghost, so he wasn't there. Yeah, I heard that And, and I guess he's trying to keep his identity secret. But, but he'd be very how, sweaty in that mask. That's I, I don't see how you can run in it. He's got to jump and dodge things and throw a dog. And <laughs> I don't see how you can do that in a mask. Uh, you can. Uh, <laughs> I'm speaking from experience. They, so, mi- they missed a, tris- a trick not having him run past Ferris Bueller, though, when he's jumping over the walls in all the back gardens. 
I tell you what I also wanted. It's not my change, but it's just a little thing. Pappas initially was running as well, and I wish he was carrying the sandwich. <laughs> <Just saying. laughs> that would have been good. Yeah. That would have been good. Uh, yeah, just uh, just to uh, fulfil my USP on the show, uh, the dog in question, it was done with a fake dog. So the initial dog that is thrown at Keanu yes, Reeves clearly. was a real dog. Clearly, They put padding down, so the dog lands on the padding. Then the dog that Keanu Reeves boots, fake dog. So no dog was harmed. It's strange, though, watching... In hindsight, uh, John Wick kick a dog. Yeah. That seems wrong thematically for his career. Yeah. I was looking at Keanu Reeves in this, and I think I'm more of a fan of old Keanu in terms of his appearance and his, his long hair. Uh, I think he looks great either way. Yeah, I like him. I like him slightly older. I told you. There was one night cool, when yeah. I bumped into him in a bar, and uh, do you know I've never interviewed him, and so I didn't have that ability to go... Hey, dude, uh, I interviewed you for X. So I just sort of stared at him for a bit and um, then said, Q's quite Will you long. you go out with me? <laughs> for the toilet, isn't it? And, uh, and then we were dressed exactly the same and I had quite long hair. And when we were leaving the bar, uh, I'd already gone outside and then Keanu was leaving and I was watching him leave and loads of photographers were taking photos of him and he was getting into his car, as you would. It's Keanu Reeves leaving his bar. And then I watched uh, my uh, girlfriend, Nettie, Almost get in the car behind him because <laughs> she thought it was me. <laughs> I've got a video that of her. Been been what she said, what? No, I, I thought it was you. <laughs> get in that car, Nathan. Go, go. Yeah, which uh, she also uh, boosted my ego. She was like, I was just thinking, why on earth are people taking photos of him? <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. Oh, that's excellent. So the famous scene here, uh, Bodie's making his escape over a fence and Keanu... Cod has to ejaculate somehow, um, <laughs> but has to fire in. Mm. Has to fire in the air. Made famous by Hot Fuzz. It's fucking brilliant. Mm. So it's. I mean, it's, so if it is an important scene because he doesn't have to fire that gun. Uh, he could say he got away. I couldn't get a clean shot, but he's got to put that energy, that sex energy, yeah. somewhere. So he, he fires into the sky. Um, a lot of people get killed by people firing into the sky. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Genuinely, dogs raining down. <laughs> Genuinely, when the bullets fall back to earth, people get killed. Yeah, and it's like twenty bullets. Anyway, um, so meanwhile, men being bad at emotions and stuff, um, Utah can't tell Tyler what's really going on. So she kind of tries to kill him and his cover is blown. And then in a test, Utah and Bodie do this amazing skydive. And I just think it looks incredible. Yeah, it looks really good. Have you ever done a, have you been tempted to do a skydive or done a skydive? So my, my, I like getting my adrenaline from doing sport against other people. That's where I get it. The extreme stuff does not interest me. The dangerous stuff, I'd rather just go one-on-one with someone and that's where I can get my, <laughs> get my kicks. That's where I get my kicks. This, look, I don't even like a, I don't even like a roller coaster. Do you not? No. Oh. oh, okay. See, so that's me. I'm the opposite. Yep. I love a roller coaster. Yeah. It took me a while because I was, I'm one of those people that is like, I, I just, if something went wrong and I died, I wouldn't expect anyone to have any sympathy because that's the way I used to view it. I'm like, if you get on a roller coaster and something bad happens, then you shouldn't have got on the roller coaster. And I lived my life like that. Then I went on one. Ha, the rush. I went on Saw at Thorpe Park. Oh my God, it's brilliant. Well, the one that goes vertical. <laughs> yeah. It's like vertical and then just down vertical again. It's awesome. It was insane. I love a roller coaster, but I don't like confrontation with other people because I don't want to, I don't like pain. I don't want to get smashed in the face by some... I'm not talking about fighting people. But like rugby. And so you, no, you're not, oh, you don't rugby would be all right. No, you don't want to get smashed in the head. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I, I don't know that I could bring myself to do a skydive though. I've never yeah. done... Um, I've never done a bungee jump. There are no. certain things that are a bit next level. A roller, co- roller coaster's my limit at the moment. That's where I am in my thrill seeking. Uh, yeah. And sledging, obviously. <laughs> I, I watched the I Am Patrick Swayze documentary uh, that Sky put out a little while ago. And 
uh, they do talk about the fact that Swayze um, would get up every morning at 4am to do to skydive before they shot uh, on his own time until the studio found out and sent him a cease and desist letter. <laughs> yeah. But um, when production ended, he then went and shot some more footage so that they could replace the stuntman with him mm. when it wasn't on the clock, when he would, you know, the insurance wasn't an issue. And so that's why we've got these scenes of him. And it's interesting, Rob Lowe on that documentary talks about the fact that he says he thinks a lot of what Tom Cruise does in his films is a response to Patrick Swayze doing this first in this film, okay. becoming the adrenaline junkie who was doing stuff for real. He said ever since The Outsiders, those two were really competitive. They were both always wanted to be the alpha male. And Swayze was the alpha male on The Outsiders. And he said, and if you don't believe that, you don't know The Outsiders and you don't know Tom Cruise and Patrick Swayze. And so that's interesting wow. that there might be a bit of a, wow. a call and response going on there. Yeah. I'll ask Tom. <laughs> so, um, Swayze said he wasn't sure about the skydiving until he, uh, he says I realised it was ballet and gymnastics in the air oh, and, and, and he said compared to surfing he said surfing was like having my teeth pulled but skydiving I felt free mm. I, there was a time in my life when I was really tempted to do it because I just thought it would be so freeing and it would change, you know, it could just change your whole perspective but the moment passed and I didn't do it and now I'm just too scared you've got too many enemies as well <laughs> <laughs> someone gets their parachute before you <laughs> No, I'll never do it. Thanks for that. And I wrecked that as well as everything else. So that was weird. That, that inflection, I didn't know. I don't know where that came from. Sorry. You've wrecked that. You've wrecked. Whoa, no, wait. Oh, therapy, so, therapy episode. Therapy episode. Uh, so now that. So this is the sort of the section where there's the switch because Bodie knows what's going on. Yeah. Can we ask? Can I ask rather? No, not us together. No. The romance hasn't started just why yet. Touching me. Um, can I ask? So, in the chase, he knows it's Bodie, and Bodie can see Johnny Utah chasing him. They make yeah. eye contact. Mm. I, I, this, this this skydive where they're in the plane and it's it, they're playing it like no one knows the, who the other is. Like Keanu acts like he doesn't want to say, "I know that you're the ex-president," and Bodie doesn't go, "I know that you're the agent chasing me." Yeah, but they both definitely have that information. Yeah, yeah. which is why they make the joke about the pack being swapped around mm. about um, you know his parachute might not open. I think it's just brinkmanship about who's going to say it first. Mm. So it's the, I have thought about that quite a lot because it shouldn't work. It's like oh, he already knows. So what's mm. what's the point of this? But it kind of does work because he. Uh, Patrick Swayze says to his crew, I'll fix this. Like, I kind of know how to get to this guy. So he knows that Utah is like half in. So, it, you know, he can. He thinks he can bring him over the line as in convert him properly mm. by making him do a skydive. That's the challenge. That is, that's like the ultimate goal for him to, to, to turn this guy, this representation of the man. Mm. And he's going to get him on side. So I, I totally understand what Bodhi's doing. What Johnny's doing is sort of less clear. Why isn't he just arresting him at this point? Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> Tyler is kidnapped as an insurance policy. Now, the mm. script does work of removing Bodie, who you are supposed to love, because uh, he won't do the violence. Rosie will do the violence. And he, he couldn't because we shared time. And it's like that. I swear to God, someone's tried to get off with me with we shared time. <laughs> I was right back there. I was like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. Um, but it is bizarre, isn't it, that Bodie's plan will end potentially with his ex-girlfriend, who's a surfer, Dying. Yeah, who he had he shared time with and yeah, had this connection it with. It doesn't really make a lot of sense for his character, I think. I no. think I think I, but think, I think it's there to make you realise he's you know, this is cops and robbers and he is a villain, so he's done a bad thing, mm. which is good because he hasn't really done much bad things. Well it's surprising to me as well. I don't I don't really remember this. I remember Bodie as being much more likable. It doesn't stay with you, I don't think, this element of his plan. What you remember is this cool surfer dude who's trying to mess with the system. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. 
So Utah's now into robbing a bank. Um, they talk about, the crew talk about peace through superior firepower, which is awesome because that is the defence policy of um, first world, in quote marks, nations. Now at this point, so they're doing the bank robbery and Utah's an accomplice, but they get greedy and they go to the vault and I still don't understand why. I think, again, I think it's Bodie's always pushing for the next level, the next thrill. And I think he knows it's all over. This is their final bank robbery. They can't do this again because they do. They are exposed now. And so I think it's him just pushing and pushing to get that adrenaline rush. Okay. Um, and breaking his own rule because this is the last one. Okay. I don't know. You see, after that speech that Bodhi gives to the gang where he's like, our job is to let people know the human spirit is still alive. And he convinces the gang and they're like, let's do this. We're going to do this. One more robbery, even though, you know, the cops are on to us. I'm starting to think that Bodie's a bad guy at this point and he thinks I, I want more money from the vault and I think I'll make it out and I'm going to send them to the vault and if things go wrong, I'll still escape. I think he's has no problem with potentially sacrificing this tight-knit family and I think this is alluding to the fact that Bodie doesn't really care about this group of surfers. He cares about him, number mm. one, his thrill and they are pawns in his game. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, but obviously, to disagree. I mean, um, no, that's the, yeah, that's the premise of the show. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it goes wrong. <laughs> then we're on the run again. Roach kills Pappas, which is sad. Um, what? No, we'll do it in the bits. Okay. And then we're over Mexico <laughs> and we jump again. And then we've got just amazing lines. Um, I know it's hard for you, Johnny. I know you want me so bad. It's like acid in your mouth, but <laughs> yeah. not this time. I, I read readers this saying it, it isn't homoerotic, and you, you're wrong if you're reading that into it. And I think that's people who don't want to believe that or see that yeah um when they're literally telling you it like that line is telling you what this is yes mm. embrace it um so Bodie jumps utah goes after him i love this <sighs> dilemma that just works for me like because my understanding of parachutes is extremely limited i buy 100 <laughs> <laughs> yeah alex has nailed it <laughs> you, you do need one <laughs> don't go, go skydiving alex is skydiving to one he's like so the, this is called freeform um <laughs> remember point break <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> Fuck. Awesome. Um, but that's, I love that. So, you know, he, in order to save both of them, save himself, Utah needs to drop his gun because he hasn't got enough hands. Um, they roll around a bit. And then Keanu Reeves says to Patrick Swayze, like, let Tyler go. Quote, she served her purpose. And that line is there on purpose. Like, you can say so many, so many other ways to express you don't need to kill her. Mm. But served her purpose is there to be like, we, we've got rid of the heterosexual sexual element of this film or we can get rid of it but we don't need mm. it like that's why interesting mm. i like that i do um i do like the the I, rem I do remember this bit this is one of the bits i do remember from watching it when i was a teenager the the skydiving without a parachute is like whoa that is awesome. insane <laughs> although i remember also at the time going i've seen this before and I have. It's Moonraker. Mm. Have Roger oh. Moore jumps out of an aeroplane and has to steal another bad guy's parachute halfway down yeah oh that's a shame um so that's kind of it. Uh, we got so we've got the um the, like the coda at the end, which was shot later, which is why Keanu Reeves has got long hair and Patrick Swayze's got short hair. But that makes sense because Patrick Swayze even says, "I've embraced the surfing life. I've 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 surfed every day." So he's sort of coming out of that FBI world and into the surfer world. So I think his his look. You mean Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although 
uh, if we've established he's the worst cop in history, is he still an agent able to operate internationally at this point <laughs> after what he's done? I can't, I'm not even clear on what jurisdiction he has here. Well, I mean, he's in Torquay, so uh, <laughs> I think it's fine. And it's pissing down with rain. No one's going to go out there. It's meant to be Bell's Beach, but it was actually um, Wire Mayor. Um, so, you know, if you go out there, you die. Um, and Keanu lets Patrick have his last ride, which is to ride this wave, and he dies. Well, does he? It's ambiguous. James Cameron says he dies. Well, James Cameron says a lot of things to you. <laughs> um, I, I liked... I, I mean, this time, definitely, I was like, he's definitely dead. He's definitely dead, yeah. He's definitely dead. Yeah, but yeah. when I was a kid, I was like, ooh, is he dead? Sequel. I mean, he definitely <laughs> would if, if they had gone ahead with the sequel, which they nearly did a couple of times. They would have brought him back, I'm sure. Yeah. But um, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to have enough ambigu- ambiguity. Yeah. But um, he's dead. Um, that's it. So the sequel, um, the, uh, there, there was information about that in 2008 and 2013. So this was when Patrick Swayze was still with us. And this was the, the synopsis. When Billy Dalton, military special ops and star surfer, is disqualified from the pro surfing tour, he takes off for the coast of Bali looking for the perfect wave. While there, while there, he's recruited by a private security force who are trying to find a gang known as the Bush administration. <laughs> Surfing outlaws and modern day pirates who work like the ex-presidents, a bank robbing crew from Malibu 20 years ago. Now, I, the Bush that administration, awful. that's awful. I think they should have gone with like the, the prime ministers. And they could have had <laughs> David Cameron, Maggie Thatcher and John Major Mast. <laughs> Uh, would you like to do the bits? I'd like to talk about one more thing. Because right. um, I have watched some videos of this. Uh, Point Break Live. Have you seen anything oh, of Point I Break Live? I read about Peter it. Peter Ilyff at a live show. And it's just these drunk people yep. doing a sky. I mean, it looks fucking hilarious. So, yeah. Remind us what happens because the audience plays a part. Yeah, so they? I've been to a show like this. I've been to Jurassic Park Live where they do a musical version of Jurassic Park and there's audience participation. They do a lot of these in LA, but this this one, it's a parody uh, where you've got an actors on stage recreating uh, Point Break. But the idea for this one is that they get a member of the audience to play uh, Johnny Utah by reading from cue cards so they can capture Keanu Reeves' performance. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you know they've got a cue card that has an F on it. They lower it, a B. They lower it, an I. That must be true. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, they lead him around with the cue cards. And it's just very funny. I'll, I'll, post, a, I'll post a video on Twitter. But they've had... Um, They've had some people come and come and watch. Gary Busey's been to a performance. Catherine Bigelow's attended a performance. And in one performance, apparently Laurie Petty played Johnny Utah. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so good. That's all I got. Okay. On the third time of asking. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Um, what's your best scene, Alex? Uh, it's uh, either the ending on Bell's Beach um, or the one that I remember from watching it as a kid that stuck with me this time. There's something quite effective about the way Roach dies when he's bleeding out on the plane and Bodie's like, no, you'll be you'll be fine, you'll be fine. And Johnny's like, all the blood's leaving your body. And then he goes out of the plane on the parachute, like spitting venom at Johnny still. And then you just see his body sort of like collapse on the ground when he lands. And you're like, oh God, he's it is, yeah, It's a good scene because the way Utah talks to him, he's like, this is what's happening to you. I always, I love dialogue like that. Like your temperature has dropped or whatever. Maybe I'm elaborating. Mm. But you're going cold because you're going to because you're dying, mm. which is really good because it's quite a nasty thing to say. Obviously, that they're enemies, but it's a good sort of flair of character from uh, Keanu Reeves at that moment. Yeah, and I just like the fact that he dies somewhere during the skydive, and like by the time he hits the ground, he's dead. I like that. Yeah. What about you? Um, if you'd asked me in '91, I think I would have said the foot chase. That was a really amazing thing to see 
um, because of this camera they designed. But it's been done to death now. Even on TV, you've got foot chasers that are as good as this. So I'm going for when Johnny Utah jumps out of the plane without his shoot because it's frigging awesome. I'm going to do the first jump where they do the star shape. I just thought it was amazing. Uh, your most valuable whatever, Chris. Well, it can't possibly... I've been very nice. I haven't said much about Keanu Reeves, but it can't be him because, as I said, he's better when he's playing characters that don't seem like they're human. <laughs> and Johnny Utah's a natural human. So I'm going for... Gary Busey. Yay! I absolutely love him in this film. <laughs> it really comes to life when he's on screen. And I, I, Patrick Swayze is amazing in it. He, it's, but I just, I, I've got to give some love to Busey. I feel exactly Busey. the same. Me too. Mm. Two. Two for two. Excellent. Okay. Well, I'm not making it three for three. I'm going for Catherine Bigelow. Um, mm. Because I think there's, there's something quite special. And you mentioned the foot chase about the way she directs action in this film. That obviously comes to the fore more with her later films. But she does this thing where there's a reality to it that this movie, because it's so ridiculous, if those action scenes were directed like big action scenes or over the top in any way, which some of them are, you'd be like, there's no jeopardy. But in all those action scenes, there, there really feels like a reality that makes you sort of quite, it's very visceral and it makes you think anything could happen mm. in them. So I really like the way she directs action. You think about like the Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty and like obviously, you know, they're much more like that but I think you can see it in this mm. what would you change then Alex uh, right uh, having said what I just said about uh, death being a real possibility for anyone I don't think Gary Boosie has to die uh, I don't really see that as an important end for his character based on what we've learned about him before and I certainly don't think he has to die because Keanu Reeves won't get out of the fucking way. Uh, it's, he's like, Johnny, get out of the way. And he's distracted. And if he'd been able to shoot, he might have realised Roach was behind him. I just think it's it's messy. It pins Papas's death on Johnny Utah not getting out of the fucking way. Correct. What about you? Uh, I've got two. Um, Bodhi's plan, uh, taking Tyler hostage. I think it's interesting what you said. I hadn't thought of that about getting the woman out of the way. But equally, it just doesn't feel like him. And I don't see why he couldn't take Papas hostage. I think yeah. that makes more sense because Papas represents this society, the man that he hates so much. And so it would remain consistent with his ideology. Um, and yet it would, he'd still be the villain. But I, I would understand where he's coming from. And also in terms of Tyler, um, the Laurie Petty character, I'd, I'd have her kicking more ass. She's introduced literally saving... Johnny Utah's life and then really quickly she becomes the damsel in distress and that's something that Fast and Furious gets right um, with Michelle Rodriguez's character that I don't think they get right here I think she should be that's interesting uh, Laurie Petty speaking of Laurie Petty and, and you said kicking ass I'd also change the bit where you see her bottom uh, when she runs out of the room and she's upset with Johnny the oh, shirt yeah. flips up I just it's just it's it's the the accidental bum shot plus her ridiculous run she does run like uh, Liam Neeson's daughter in Taken in that moment, and it I spoils what, it. I think about what's she called, Maggie. Maggie. Shannon. Maggie. Yeah, Maggie. Um, I think about that run more than I should. I think <laughs> about it about three times. I think about it every time I attempt to run. Mm. I just think about it a lot. You've got a real issue with you and running, don't you? If you're oh, not screaming, me, run, forest, runner. run to yourself, <laughs> you're thinking about Taken. I'm a poor runner. Mm. It comes from a place of insecurity. I think we make this race a three-way. I would, I would rather die. <laughs> I would honestly, I'll break friends with all of you. No, no. one is filming me run, right. ever. Just me and Chris then. Fine. Yeah. 
Um, my change is to make it explicitly a sexual love story between the two male leads because it is all there. And I understand why it wasn't in there because you're trying to sell this to a mainstream audience. You could change very little apart from some actual sex and you can keep the heterosexual sex, do what you want with that. But you could also have them having some form of sex because why not? It's so much there already. Uh, and think about how... Am- and they didn't do any business at the time anyway, so fuck it. Think about how amazing it would be. That's uh, that's the argument that was uh, used on me. Why not? <laughs> I was yeah, like, sorry about oh, that. I don't have an answer. <laughs> we had, had, had a few drinks. Not time it ended. <laughs> that's why we're having to reaffirm our masculinity with a fucking race. <laughs> uh, that's it, we're done. Great stuff. Uh, lovely. Chris, shall we do a quiz? Let's do a quiz. Uh, who is Mark Sinclair? Okay. Uh, is this question one? Mm, no. Oh. Who is Mark Sinclair? I feel like I know the answer yeah, to this. Yeah, you know the answer to this. Is it? Uh, is he in the Red Hot Chili Peppers? <laughs> no. Uh, Mark Sinclair is uh, Vin Diesel's real name. Okay. So I'm going to give you some real names of actors and entertainers, and I need you to give me what they're called now. Their stage name? Yes. Mm. Okay. So this is real names. The real name. Right. This is the real name. This is the not famous name, and you need to tell me their stage name. So starting off with Archibald Leach. Elton John? Uh, Incorrect. Michael Caine? Incorrect. I don't know. Ma- oh, I was just going to say Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> say it, say it. It'll be right this time. Michael Caine? Uh, I really feel like I know this. Archibald Leach. From a long time ago, one of the, one of the greatest actors, Hitchcock, romantic comedies. My Jimmy mom, Stewart? My mum's in love with him. More handsome than Jimmy Stewart. Uh, English. David, no, uh, David Niven. More handsome than David Niven. I don't know. No. Cary Grant. Oh, oh Archibald uh, Leach. That's in that fucking film. Right, if it's called hell. Wonder, John Cleese's character is called Archibald oh, Leach as well. Sake. All right, Maurice Wicklewhite. No idea. That is Michael Caine. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said it. I'm going to start to cry. Uh, this one might be a tough one then. Maybe I shouldn't have done this one. Uh, this guy isn't an actor. Uh, oh, I shouldn't have said guy. Shirley Crabtree. I do know that. Yeah. It's Big Daddy. Correct. Yes! Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Where did she pull that oh, one out that's from? Amazing. I thought you guys would be annoyed that I'd put that one in. Wow. That's so weird. I feel like we've just opened a door to you that I didn't even know was there. Oh my god, I feel so strange. I don't know where that came from. Shirley That's... Crabtree is big daddy. That's wow. A buried um, memory. Wow. Eric Bishop. This is one I didn't know. Famous modern actor. Um... But maybe you don't know, you don't know Ooh, it. Oh, Eric Banner. Nope. Jamie Foxx. Okay. Really? Didn't see that one coming. This is another toughie. Karen Johnson. Do you know what Karen Johnson changed her name to? Big comedy star in the 80s, won an Oscar in 1990. Oh, Tracy Ullman. No, mm. got quite. She she gave herself quite an unusual first name that sounds like a comedy, a punchline. <sighs> nope. Da da. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh. <laughs> okay, this is the last one for the tiebreaker. Michael Douglas. <laughs> Michael uh, Douglas had to change his name. An actor called Michael Douglas had to change his name because there's already a very Michael, famous Michael Douglas. Yep. And yet he became nearly as famous as Michael, Michael Keaton. Du- Correct. Oh! Vicky got it. Vicky got it. Oh my god! And you'd already said the tiebreaker answer, which is Reginald Dwight. Thank you. (laughs) Well done. Congratulations. How you feeling? Played Vicky. Mm. Just feel a bit weirded out, actually. Okay, well, try and gather yourself because it's your turn to give us a clue for next week's movies. An early clue for the pairing you've picked for us next week. It's anything a classic text can do. The '90s can do better. 
Uh, okay, great stuff. That is the clue for next week. Chris will be posting another one on Twitter very soon. We are going to be back on Thursday this week talking about the competitor for Point Break, the Fast and the Furious. If you haven't done already, please do subscribe, rate, and indeed review us if you have the time. It is a massive help. We are very grateful. And check in with us on Twitter and Instagram. We are, we are at a Clash Pod, at Clash Pod. Bye-bye. Back on Thursday. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.